Hello, and welcome to The Block Explorer. I'm Colin Brightfield. Hey folks, I'm Cash Upton. The Block Explorer is here to educate and inspire you about the world of crypto and NFTs. We'll do deep dives into critical concepts for understanding what's happening and discuss the current events shaping the space. We're making this podcast for the curious, free thinkers, and the change makers that propel us forward. As we embark on our adventures, remember that none of this is financial advice and crypto can be risky. In this episode, we get on Steve TV at Lucidity Festival and talk all things NFTs, crypto, Web3, and a bunch of other fun things, right, Cash? We get inside of Steve's TV. <laughs> a dream come true for a true lucid uh, dreamer. And uh, yeah, we're, we're really excited. Disclaimer, our voice is a little hoarse. We're at Lucidity doing a first in real life NFT scavenger hunt. And yeah, I had a really awesome, fun conversation with Steve TV. Yeah, it was it was surreal seeing, first of all, walking past that stage and just seeing a 1970s looking TV, just sitting there in the middle of this uh, festival grounds around among the oak trees. And I remember the first time I walked by it, it was just like this kind of humdrum talk show kind of happening. And I was like, well, that's actually kind of interesting because it's very different than what you see at festivals. It's not music. And it's it brings back this uh, memories of mine, I guess, of just like late night TV, this kind of stuff that, you you know, it's kind of like a dying medium as far as like our generation to to really tune into those kind of shows. So I found it fascinating. And you mentioned that it was one of your life dreams to always be on that, inside that TV. So how did it feel? I know. I- I didn't know it was my dream until we got asked to be on Steve TV. And then it was just so surreal. And I loved it. We we had a, a lot of people come up afterwards saying that they they got their eyes open to the benefits that crypto can bring. And um I think we had we had some really good deep dives with Steve on the the other benefits of crypto rather than just being a store of value and a lot of the agency and uh facility that it can provide. Yeah, Steve is an old timer. He's a kind of a skeptic, I would say, with with Web three and crypto, and we we were able to kind of enlighten him about some of the things like like we talk about on this show, like regenerative finance, refi. We talked about the utility of NFTs, and really, you know, that NFTs are beyond uh, the profile picture uh, aspect, but actually, what the tech behind it unlocks for artists. And being at a music festival and an art festival like Lucidity, that was a, a really great point to discuss. And thank you for your understanding. If the audio is a little uh, weird at times, we are inside of a television. Should we jump in? Yeah. And one more disclaimer. Um, we also were at a festival, so we were you know, cracking some jokes and we did use some expletives at some point. So if there are small children around, you may want to save this episode for later. Amen. Crispel, uh, crypto gospel. Here we come. Yes. All right. Let's dive in. Welcome to the Steve TV show here at a place called Live Oak, Santa Barbara. Yeah, I've been coming here since I was eight. Uh, I actually stayed up for the first night ever when I was helping my dad out at the Live Oak Festival. So it's I love being here. So what are you, like 12 now or something? Yeah, pretty much. It was in the 90s and now I'm still 12. And uh, uh, But no, being here at Lucidity, being inside the TV, Steve, we're super happy to come here uh, you know, with Reliquary and talk about our NFT scavenger hunt and also uh, talk about some block explorer regenerative crypto economics. I hear you a little skeptic. Can you say that again in English, please? Yeah, uh, regenerative crypto economics. It's called taking the green pill. You know, there's a lot of pills being taken here, but the green pill is about public goods. That means funding things that we all use, like clean air, nice oak trees that we're all enjoying. This is our public goods, and we can use crypto to help preserve them and regenerate them. See, that's the part I'm really confused about. Call call me old-fashioned. Uh, it's taken me this long just to get used to the internet, and, and now you young whippersnappers come along with this fancy crypto thing. I'm still confused. So you you mine a concept? I mean, because there's like I don't know how mining is involved, and I'm completely right. confused. 
That's a good question. We could go down that. I mean, people have been doing cryptographic technology for decades, right, for security. And um, some things are sacrificed for security. So Bitcoin has made a lot of sacrifices in terms of energy consumption to be a very secure store of wealth, right? Um, but there's other blockchains that are not mining. They're doing uh, staking. And that's actually 99.7% less energy than Bitcoin mining. So there are a lot of energy um, sustainable blockchains out there. So not every blockchain is created equal too. So that's something to, to think about. But, but what is not all crypto is the same. Okay. That's there, yeah. the key, key concept to understand. Not everything is like Bitcoin. There are a lot of scams out there, unfortunately, just like life. People will try to scam you, but there are legitimate projects uh, which we try to focus on our podcast to, to host uh, people and, and protocols doing a regenerative um, sustainability with crypto. So because the blockchain is this public ledger, it's all open and verifiable for everyone to look at. So if you put climate data and carbon offsets, uh, CO2 offset tokens on the blockchain, it, it's verified for everyone to see. So it's a, kind of a, an elaborate spreadsheet of some sort, it sounds like. Yeah. Yes, blockchains are public distributed ledgers. It's a fancy word for a spreadsheet that everyone can look at. It's the permissionless. Anyone can put data on okay, it, okay. and anyone can look at it. Etherscan.io, you can look at everyone's wallet address. And there's actually Twitter accounts that follow people like Snoop Dogg's wallet address. So you can see all the NFTs that Snoop Dogg has bought. And he goes by Cosmo de Medici. He had a Twitter account, and he was buying a bunch of really expensive NFTs and tweeting about it, and no one knew who this like massive like NFT connoisseur was and then he finally came out and said oh yeah by the way Snoop Dogg yeah I'm Cosmo de Medici I'm a big NFT guy so now people look at people's different wallets and you can go look at Elon Musk's wallet if you want you can see how many bitcoins he has or dogecoins he's got but isn't there some kind of risk of a security breach uh, how is that how is that secure information or, or? well all of it's, it is it's secure it's secure in that it's encrypted but it's not private Right, so there's a difference between anonymity and privacy. You might have a wallet address is just a bunch of string of letters and numbers, a crypto wallet, and so it's hard to see. Like you don't actually know whose that is, but then if you use, if you do a transaction that goes to your Coinbase or any kind of doxed account, any kind of account you have that links to your bank account, then it's pretty easy to figure out whose it is. So there's a whole industry based around blockchain forensics, so they can figure out you know, who owns what wallet. You can make ed very smart, educated guesses. And this is why crypto is very bad for illicit activities. This is why crypto is very oh. bad for avoiding sanctions. It's, it's actually the worst thing to use if you want to be secret, because it's all public. Public distributed ledger technology. Public's the first word. So Yeah, cash, cash money is way better at doing shady things. We were joking the other day with our, our partner, and he's like, if, if someone came to the U.S. Senate and they're like, we have this really I good idea for cash. It's going to be this, like, paper, and it's going to be untraceable. You, you can move it across like, borders and no one knows. No one knows about cash. The government would anyone, not anything. let you have cash If now. you brought up the idea of cash in Congress, you're like, hey, hey, okay, Congress, we're going to introduce this new bill. It's going to be like this new payment system. They would never pass it right now because they want to see everything that you do because economic freedom is political freedom. You can't separate them. If you want to be able to be free, you need to be able to transact freely. Amen. Well, that's a good, that's a good uh, slogan. We're, we're on the Sunday Chris, uh, crypto gospel. Uh, but uh, uh, another really cool Amen, thing. Brother. Another really cool thing is once you put it on the blockchain, you can't take it down. Uh, so we had a, a guest on our podcast, uh, Batty Chow, and he's a Chinese protest artist. And he did a bunch of NFTs in protest of the Beijing Olympics. And once they're minted and they're on the blockchain, uh, it's a like a record of protest. And he's using NFTs, you know, he exiled himself from China and is living in Australia now and left his family and his home to protest the, you know, dictatorship, CCP. Yeah, sometimes the NFT makes me even more confused, this whole... When did the NFT think it started? It got started in 2017 with Crypto Kitties. Uh, it was cats. People were trying to make... Well, there was a group of people who saw blockchain happening, and they are like, you know what? Blockchain's cool, but it's too serious. It's kind of dry. And they are like, well, how do we make this fun? 
And of course, it's the internet, and we got cats, right? We Everyone like loves cats. cats. Everyone loves cats on the internet. So let's make some crypto kitties. And it actually broke Ethereum because they went to this conference and they started showing people their cats. And at first, they were just like a couple bucks, you know. And then next thing you know, they were selling for like thousands of dollars on Ethereum, and it actually like made so much traffic on Ethereum at the time. This is four years ago, five years ago, and it clogged the blockchain. And you had all these like really like important people like calling this like studio that created the crypto kitties and getting mad at them and being like you guys broke ethereum with cats so but now nfts are cool and now we have the you know the board ape yacht club you probably heard of that selling for like five hundred thousand dollars and justin bieber's got one and all that but you know nfts are really a technology that's what you understand it's a way to packet information it's like putting any kind of digital asset in a backpack and then you can take that backpack and make it a light a lego you can use across the internet yeah, yeah, that's a good analogy, and um, you know, it's a way to wrap any file format, audio, visual, movie, anything can be an NFT, and it's like a cryptographic way to show ownership, you can have a smart contract built into it, uh, which is what makes Ethereum different than Bitcoin, so the whole, um, the whole aspect of smart contracts where you can program Bitcoin doesn't really have this, so Bitcoin is just like gold, right? People call it like digital gold. Um, but these other which, smart which sounds like a bit of an oxymoron somehow, right? Yeah, it, it, but there's but why some is other... gold valuable? It's just a rock. It's well, only valuable because we assign value to it. It's, but it's physical. It's physical, but the value scarce. Scarce. Bitcoin scarce. is scarce too. There's only, <laughs> only there will only be 21 million Bitcoin ever available, ever. And, and so, but uh, with like Ethereum, you well, can- Well, no, wait, wait, let me go back here for a yeah. quick. What, 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 is that an arbitrary number, numerical? It got programmed it? into it. Programmed yeah, into every it. like four years, it diminishes its uh, out, output of So it, becomes, it increases in value. You know, an old timer, it sounds like nothing based on nothing creating tremendous value. Isn't that what money is? It's just a meme. It's memes all the way down. Money's a meme. They're all imagined realities, but they work because we're humans and we coordinate with but them. But I, I always thought money was also based on industrial productive capacity of an individual country. And so they can, this is what we can produce, this is what we can do. Well, and the military, right? Has value. The well, military, well, right? I'm just an currency. artist. You know, I'm an there's artist. There's a difference between money and currency. Money is actual <laughs> value. Currency is the promise of money. Like, your dollar is currency. It was backed by gold until 1971, until Nixon took us off the gold standard. Now we have fiat currency. Fiat means promise. Right. We promise this is worth something. Well... Okay. Well, we promise we had. We had what's our inflation at? Right we got now? a really big military. It's worth this. Just listen to us. Uh, but going back to the smart contracts, you can program in values to the money. So that's where like the regenerative crypto comes in because you can. It's called refi, right? So you can do regenerative finance because built into the code, you can put values of sustainability. But can't somebody just rewrite the code at a later date? 10, 20 years down the road. They can add new options. Like it's like someone creating a new app and adding it to the app store. You can do yeah. that, but but people will gravitate towards the things that work, right? The best ideas win. And so if people want to support these kind of values of regenerative finance, public goods, taking care of the earth, imagine just every time you swipe your visa card, it also planted a tree. That's what, that would that's be what a regenerative great idea. finance can do. We'd support that. Yeah, and there's some cool protocols on the blockchain so that an, there's an NFT protocol where it, it's an NFT that lives in your wallet and it offsets every crypto transaction. Um, and, and that's why, you know, we're in it because we see those silver linings. Uh, and by the way, we're here uh, for the Lucidity uh, tr NFT treasure hunt to enter the multiverse. Right. So we want to tell people, uh, come to the Reliquary Lounge to learn more. But we're uh, helping folks come into the Lucid multiverse. Uh, Lucidity is... Uh, doing the kindred kindred spirits and doing a pretty cool uh, scavenger hunt all over the world with this NFT project. So that's another aspect. We love what it can do for artists. NFTs unlock ownership for digital artists, for musicians. It allows them to actually you know have value in what they create and be able to monetize that a lot more easily. What what NFTs create is ownership and control over your digital assets. And we live in a digital world and we have a lot of amazing artists that are making a lot of value and people are enjoying that value, but it's very hard for a lot of artists to capture that value. And what NFTs do is they unlock new business models for all kinds of artists, not just visual artists. Right now, NFTs is the whole profile picture PFP movement. 
but there's also music NFTs, video NFTs, writing. There's like, you you know, any any kind of asset can become an NFT. It's just a technology, it's like a JPEG. It's a file format. It's not necessarily just a picture. It's not a JPEG. And what that does is it creates new ways for artists to flourish. And that's why we like NFTs. Well, what now, for instance, what would this mighty Zenith be worth in the NFT universe? Does it have any, any value? <laughs> oh yeah, dude. I'm asking for a friend. I feel like I'm in the metaverse, uh, so well, you could definitely. Because, I always like to point out, we're, you you are our television. We're watching you, watching us. Oh, oh, oh there you go. I broke the fourth wall. <laughs> but no, but would this would this vehicle itself have a, a, a value in the NFT uh, uh, universe? Well, they, they do talk about, like, uh, deeds and vehicle titles going on the blockchain. No, don't mention that. Uh, <laughs> that sounds fun. And don't mention my insurance company, by the way. Oh, yeah, but uh, I've always wanted to say pussy on TV. Uh, pussy Riot. The, <laughs> I love um, Pussy Riot. One of my favorite bands. Yeah, so they did a protest NFT project um, to, you know, to help, you know, the uh, LGBTQ community in Russia. And then they've been doing stuff with the Ukraine protests. So, you know, directly using NFTs as protest art and, uh, you know, fundraising for these really incredible projects. Well, that's the end. My, I, I know I'm a little over, hung over and, and exhausted out here in the sun at the park. Um, help an old timer out. I'm still not sure how evaluation occurs. Who determines that? That this, this, I saw the other day an NFT for five hundred thousand dollars for something like a something like something ridiculous like it's this. All memes, right? yeah. It's all memes, right? Yeah. I mean, how, do, how, how does it, who determines that valuation? So I guess that's what I find confusing. As an old timer. Well, you know what? Value is all created by the market with NFTs. Okay, so so there's, no, there's no top-down, you know, command center here that's saying this is worth this much. Obviously, if there's a new project that can set their prices for their initial release, or if you're an artist and you make an NFT, you can set the price that you want to sell it at. For, for a lot of those NFTs that you're talking about that are selling at those price points, that's just the market commanding it because there's enough cultural significance and, and that's the thing, like, you know, if you, a lot of people, it's a, it's a social signifier. So, you know, a lot of people, like, they might buy a Rolex or they might buy a Ferrari, you know, to kind of flaunt their wealth. I mean, I know not a lot of people here, here you might, you might buy a really freaking cool hat with lots of cool feathers or something to, like, peacock around. But the thing is, we're humans. We're sapiens. We, we social signal. That's who we are. We're here. We're all socially signaling here, and it's, it's awesome. And that's what makes part of this is makes yeah, it fun. Yeah, these social signals took like a decade. I mean, people were doing illicit, weird things with Bitcoin in 2009 for you know 10 Bitcoin for whatever bag of whatever, and that's now like the most expensive transaction ever, right? So, and now it's worth you know what 40 grand per Bitcoin. So we've seen that over time, there's this greater acceptance because. Um, what you were mentioning earlier, it, there actually is energy, there, there's work going into Bitcoin because of the cryptographic security technologies. There's there's mining hash power, there's, there's energy power required. So um, that energy power can be looked at as like the input of, of what is storing that value. And thankfully, you know, China just outlawed Bitcoin mining, all crypto mining like six months ago. All that mining that was mostly being done on coal, a lot of it came to the United States where it's a little bit more solar and a little bit more renewable energy. Uh, but you're right, my, mining takes a lot of energy. And luckily, most all other blockchains are moving towards a more sustainable, uh, less energy intensive way. Cash, that's awesome. I love that you said that. I love that, you know, people think that like all crypto is the same and proof of this proof of work, which is like solving a really hard math problem. And that takes a lot of GPUs. And that's why you see like those warehouses full of computers, like, you know, doing that stuff or proof of stake, which is POS. It's just way of kind of contributing your value to the chain. Like saying, it's kind of like putting in a deposit and saying, okay, I put in this much money to prove that I'm not going to be fraudulent. And if you are fraudulent, they just take your deposit. And that's proof of stake. So it's not solving a big math problem. It's just like trust and confidence, exacto mundo. So, but I did want to touch on this one thing before. So the social signaling thing, if you have a like a Rolex or Ferrari or whatever like you want to do for your social signaling or a really cool feathered hat, the only people you can signal with that with is the people in your immediate physical location, right? But 
now we live in this digital world after COVID, everyone's on Zoom, everyone's on their, their computer and their phone. Even my grandmother got better at using email, you know, during COVID. So, <laughs> so the thing is, we're kind of more in this like digital substrate and people want to show their identity and they want to show their culture. And your profile picture on Twitter, your profile picture on Facebook or on Instagram or on TikTok, whatever, that's your new way of kind of like being you. So that's why people are spending this much money on NFTs because they want to express themselves. And you know what, like imagine this, you can show your, your cool whatever you have to the people around you, just whatever time they have, or you can have 24 seven, 365 to every person in the world and show who you are. And that's why NFTs matters because they're a cultural investment. Yeah, well we had a guest on our podcast recently uh, from NF Trees and NF Treehouse, uh, where they're actively planting a tree in East LA for every NFT sold. Uh, so that's a cool, you know, people are trying to do that in real life with an NFT. So that's like what you asked about this. Like we can make an NFT to commemorate this moment or, or something. And, and this happened to commemorate that. And that's a lot of what we're doing here at the Reliquary and with the Lucidity Multiverses. You know, you participate in this, this treasure hunt and then it's commemorating an event or you're getting this NFT and it's planting a tree or there's 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 protocols out there that are actively sequestering carbon, like literally reducing our, our carbon in the world and, and being regenerative, not just like status quo, offsetting what you do, but actively regenerating. And that's what's really cool about some of the blockchain technology. Now, now is this treasure hunt happening here today? Or oh, yeah. is this uh -huh. the future? Oh, it is yeah, it's, it's been happening the last two days. Okay. We've had over 100 people participating. Um, getting up there now and we've, we've, we found we've had a, a few participants win merch festival tickets for next year wow. the lucidity nfts so there's a lot of people scoring some really good stuff so you should definitely you know get involved if you're not in the treasure hunt we can talk to us after the show go to our reliquary lounge it's at the main stage to the left side and uh, it's called reliquary and we'll get you hooked up yeah, Steve, we, we'll send you our second podcast episode. It's like, what is money? And I'd love to have another conversation with you later about that because it really is an interesting conversation. Like, what do we assign value to? And, and what do we want to, you know, put our, our energy into? And, and crypto allows you to be really specific with well, that. Well, I'm, I'm very bad at numbers and money. And I managed to cobble all this together and drive it around. But I'm basically, it bankrupts me almost every time I move it. I think, kind of fun, I think crypto I could solve. I think crypto could solve that, Steve. Uh -huh. Yeah, we should make you some NFTs. Let's make Steve some NFTs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. NFTs. 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 Yeah, I like the sound of that. NFTs. Yeah. NFTs. NFTs. Yeah, yeah, great. NFTs. Yes, this is a non-fungible television. Well, it's uh, it's a television is sort of a state of mind. The battle for the minds of North America would be fought in the video arena, the quote, the great video drone. And, and so part of our inspiration for this whole concept was to reinvent the broadcast medium in a yeah no and i love uh, and that's in why a very low-tech way we, and that's why we love it and what colin mentioned is taking the green pill the matrix reference of like taking the green pill of regenerative crypto like there we can solve the climate crisis and humanitarian a billion people in the world are unbanked do not have access to banking financial services because they can't keep 50 bucks in a reserve checking account, whatever. But well, that sounds like me. Crypto allows for, for finance for everyone. All you need to get a crypto wallet is a is an email address. It doesn't ask you your name, your age, your color, your creed, your sexual orientation. You don't need, you know, that's the thing. You 12 year olds can get a crypto bank account. All you need is just an address. So it's financial inclusion, like he said. So, you know, that's what's cool is like we can we can we can have our cake and eat it too. I know it sounds too good to be true. Yeah, it sounds like too good to be true to well, buy. That's here. the thing, you know what? You gotta believe in something, you know, and we're here, okay. we're here dreamers. I wanna have dreamers, faith, right? I wanna have faith, but Yes. I, I, I remember the eighties and, and I I'm still kinda like yeah, I don't, it reminds me of the, the pyramid schemes back in my youth and People have talked about Bitcoin as a pyramid scheme, but it's it's like a, a what a, a 12, 14 year old pyramid scheme. I think I it's mean, just if because it, it's El uh, Salvador accepts it as legal tender. How, is that still know? working? How, oh yeah, I, I no, actually, you know what? Then. So we were we were uh, getting ready for the show this morning, yeah. taking a shower and talking about the show. You showered? 
we showered this morning. Oh, together? nice. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were right next to each other. Um, but we met this this incredible guy who had just gotten back from El Salvador, and he had a media pass, and he was telling us that he went down there. Hey, you're here, brother Mon. He's yes. right there. He's right here. That's our guy. And uh, you know. He, Maybe you want to come up and say hi, but he, you know, we'll, I'll, I'll recount the story. Break the fourth wall. Uh, essentially, you know, went to El Salvador and, and yeah. actively saw people using Bitcoin as uh, as an exchange and storing their value. And and then we talked about how the the U.S. monetary policy is dictate uh, dictating El Salvador's uh, monetary policy because El Salvador's dollar is pegged to the U.S. dollar, and El Salvador is looking at U.S. inflation and like be like, mm, I don't know if we want to be uh, part of that inflation. Yeah, so. well, seven percent inflation but they didn't get any of that stimulus money but they're still relying on that yeah so they economics. didn't get any of the the fun and they got all of the hurt so there you know that that's something with these smaller countries they look at the options you know they look at china and they look at us and they're like mm, do we want to be part of the china economy and do, do, do the one thing or they look at the us and want to be part of the western nato alliance economy and that inflation and all that and a lot of these smaller countries are like uh, we're gonna choose neither and we're gonna just go crypto and they're just leapfrogging the economy and the finance They're just gonna a lot of these smaller countries is gonna beat us because They understand that there's a better option and they're gonna just and they have nothing to lose That's the thing too, right? Like El Salvador has nothing to lose by adopting Bitcoin They're already a small country with very little power economically. So why not try it? All right, why not why not try it? why not give it a try I know the thing is the thing is, a lot of this crypto is an experiment, right? We're here doing the reliquary. It's an experiment. By the way, this is the first music festival that's ever had a crypto NFT scavenger hunt at it. That's how cool Lucidity is. No one's even done an NFT scavenger hunt at a festival before. So it's all new. It's all new stuff. You know? So thank you for Lucidity for, for taking a risk, right? That's what people are here. We're here to dream and experiment with stuff in this safe environment with good vibes and people who support us. And that's what's cool. Is this what births new ideas in art and creativity, just like your project and with Steve TV. So that's what's beautiful about this community is that you need people who have imagination. And that's the thing is people look at crypto, they look at blockchain now, and they have no, they, they see what it is now and the user experience is kind of clunky and there's some scams and yeah, blah, blah, blah. But if you can imagine what it could be in a few years, you have some imagination it could be really incredible. And that's what that's what like most people are here that are believe in crypto have in common is they have imagination. And that's what we want our leadership to understand. That's what we want people to understand is that you just can't look at it what it is now, you have to look at what it could be. And if you looked at the internet in 1991, yeah, it was a joke, right? You're like, it takes five minutes to connect and it takes five minutes to download a page. But now look, everyone, like you don't even think when you use the internet. There was a moment, right Cash? Like, do you remember, like, you're like, okay, I'm going to go use the internet. Like, Cash and I are like, we're like elder millennials, so we remember. Dial up, yeah. Well, for, a photograph was an hour. Yeah, so the well, experience and, and sucked. We talk, about, <laughs> we talk about skeuomorphism and non-skeuomorphic. So, like, the idea that uh, the uh, technology allows something to exist that can never even be thought about before. So when the early internet existed, it was just like, it was like an encyclopedia. It was like reading Time Magazine on a web page, right? They would literally it, just scan, like they internet. would just put a digital version of the New York Times on like like exactly how it looks, right? Because we're, we're, when we're when humans, we're humans, right? And we have a new medium, a new technology, it unlocks so much possibilities, but it's like that blank page kind of dilemma where you're staring at an empty page and it's almost like too much of a, a possibility to understand. So we just take what we know before and kind of apply it to the new medium. That's the early internet. And so there's a really smart person, Chris Dixon. He's a crypto investor on a at A16Z. They're a big leadership uh, company. Anyway, he says, web one was read. Web two, read and write, right? Because now we had web two is like social media, Facebook, Reddit, TikTok, Instagram. And now you can create content, YouTube, right? You're reading the content, you can consume content, and you're an also permissionless to create content. Web three, read, write, own. So now 
you can also own your data. Imagine every post that you post on Instagram is a picture that you own the data of, and you could sell that picture if you wanted. You could sell your tweet if you wanted. It's called decentralized social media, DSO, and that's gonna be happening too. You own your data, and you know what? If you don't like the platform, you can take your data and you can leave. And you can take your followers with you. You can take your IP with you, right? Instead of Instagram and Mark Zuckerberg getting all the value that we're creating with all our creativity, you, us, the community gets the value. Crypto isn't here to make you rich, it's here to set you free. Uh, very nice, very nice. I got a round of applause. Oh, good, okay, sir. Uh, the data part is interesting too, actually. On the regenerative crypto side, uh, we just had a, a interview with the Athena protocol and they're doing like the internet of natural things, internet of things, little tiny sensors and everything. And they're capturing uh, climate data, sustainability metrics, how healthy is the soil, how much carbon is it sequestering, all, you know, what's the pH, all this, all this data that uh, can then be leveraged by these regenerative farmers um, to give, to sell. They can sell this data of how they're regenerating the land and be able to then have an extra bit of living on top of their regenerative farming. And this is happening now in Australia. There's a bunch of cattle ranchers that are doing regenerative cattle ranching. So it's a special, very specific way of how you rotate the cattle on the land that actually brings more the soil levels up and you have boots on the ground that measure soil samples and you have satellite imagery. So that's the thing too is like, if we're gonna invest in this stuff, right, you wanna be able to verify it. And the carbon market right now is very obfuscated. It's very ambiguous. Not all carbon credits are the same. You have people like, you know, China like hooks up like a little filter to a coal mining plant and says it's a carbon credit and that's a joke. Versus like people that are in the Serengeti rebuilding the grasslands. That's, that's a premium carbon credit. And so what we need is we need transparency with this stuff so we can really give the value to the people that are actually making real impact rather than just like having this like weird like gray area where it's really hard to figure out what's what you. amen crypto church it's sunday morning it's sunday morning we're getting crypto soulful Preach right like gospel i like crypto soulful have you ever used that phrase before you just i just no that's brand new that's brand, brand new. new that's for you you're in first ladies and gentlemen <laughs> Maybe we should start a new podcast on Sunday mornings, Cash, where you just like preach crypto gospel. Yeah, don't we do that every day on the podcast? That is every day. That's that's air day. That's air day, sir. Well, I'm 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 a bit overwhelmed because, like I said, I I, I was up almost all night, uh, and uh, but it, it sounds really really good. Well, you know, Steve, I appreciate what you just said because I agree with you. I am overwhelmed too. There's so much to understand here, and it's definitely overwhelming at times. It's it's definitely there's a lot to unpack, and that's why you got to take it in bite-sized pieces, and you got to chew on it for a little while. But the thing is, it's important for all of us to explore this stuff because how many? What's cool is that what crypto is doing is making us ask the questions that we usually don't ask. Like we were just born into this world with this financial system, we just accept what we're given, we accept that, okay, this is how money works, and blah, blah, blah. But we never actually question, what is money? Why does the money system work this? Why do we have the Federal Reserve? Why do we pay so much attention to some old guy who's like, I'm gonna raise interest rates, and he like moves the markets? Like, why Why is it like that? Yeah, the, the, it doesn't always, was it, did it always like, was it always like that? No. The founding fathers like didn't that? do that. No. The and constitution wasn't Paper that. money is right. like only 100 years old, by the way. You know, we used to use seashells, we used to use sticks, we used to use chickens. So, you know, like it, money has always changed. The, the con Money is a concept, the physical manifestation, or now we're moving beyond the physical manifestation to the digital manifestation, because we live in a digital world. So now we have a digital version of money. And so it makes sense for money to evolve. And, and these are like, what is finance? And what is banking? And who should be allowed access to finance, right? Should it be just the people who over a million dollars that are accredited investors or make over 250 grand a year? Accredited. Why, why, why is it like only a million people who are millionaires already get to become more rich and people who are, want to invest in a, if I want to invest in a, in a private company before it goes to the stock market, if you have less than a million dollars, you're not allowed to. Why? Right? Why are the rules like this? And so what's cool about all of this stuff is it's just making people ask these questions. And when many of us, it's, it's like hard to understand, but you know what? It's important to understand because, you know, like I said before, you know, you can't separate financial freedom from political freedom. If you, if, if the government restricts your ability to transact, right? Okay. You can't buy anything 
that leads to Lucidity Festival's bank account. Well, then none of us can come to Lucidity, right? They could just do that. That could happen. We saw it happen in Canada, you know? So, I mean, whatever you want to do to say about the trucker protests, what's significant, in fact, is that a central government sanctioned people, regular people's bank accounts, because they were donating money to something, right? And, what you know, right now, maybe you didn't believe in that cause while they were protesting. That's fine. What if it's a cause you actually really care about? You know, and that's 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 the Fourth Amendment. That's your freedom to assemble, right? That's the Bill of Rights. And so, this is really significant. This is our freedom, money, and the ability to understand how we use money is our freedom. And if the government can control how you spend your money, then it can control your life. And this is why we need to talk about this stuff. Nice, nice. Well, what, what helped me a little bit was your analogy, using the uh, internet evaluation as an analogy. Uh, internet one, two, three. Yeah, there's a bunch of uh, protocol internet. There's like over a hundred internet protocols, and now we just have like five HTTPP, HTTPS, all those. But there's a bunch to start, and that's how like blockchains will kind of be seen as. In a hundred, in you know, fifty years, we'll just have a few. Yeah, so I mean, right now it's like it's it's early days, right? It's very early still. People think, oh man, I've, I'm I'm getting into crypto. I'm so late. I already missed Bitcoin. Already went from this to this, and Ethereum this, and Solana this, and they, they look at they look at this 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 ecosystem. But it's still really really early. And what's cool is it's making the internet weird again, right? Because right now the internet. Speaking of TV, Steve, yeah. the internet right now <laughs> is like five channels, right? You got the Google channel, you got the Facebook channel, or the Meta channel now. You got the Amazon channel, you got the Netflix channel. Like seriously, that's it, right? You got like four channels. It's like TV in 1972. But now with blockchain and Web3, you don't need permission to do stuff. We're making a new substrate, a new layer, a new building block. It's like a, it's like Live Oak Campground. That's Ethereum. It's empty and anyone can come here and build whatever they want on it and create stuff. Yeah, so uh, you made me think about the Ashton Kutcher, Mila Kunis, uh, Stoner Cats. Stoner Cats. <laughs> Are you talking because you want to get stoned? Is it? Is right. too long? I, I, didn't, I didn't bring anything on stage. <laughs> uh, but it was a uh, digital animation show, comedy, totally funded by the sale of NFTs. And then it's outside of any studio control. It has full creative control by the artists. And they can say and do whatever they want. And they've been making some hilarious shows about stoned cats and this super sweet old lady. Censorship resistant, right? That's another thing, right? right? Freedom of speech, First Amendment, that's important, right? Well, imagine if you, you know, look, we've seen this happen play out how many times in the past year? Uh, someone's on some, some famous person on some social media platform does something and that social media platform bans them. And it's happened on, you know, and they get canceled and blah, blah, blah. You know what, like, say what you want about whichever celebrity you want to talk about, like, but the fact that social media platforms can just cancel you and, like, you, you know, that people have livelihoods based well, on Well, how about the Instagram handle, this lady named Meta just got her Instagram taken. She got it rugged. When, when Facebook, yeah, when Facebook was like, oh, we're Meta now. We're Meta now, so yeah. you have your Instagram handles Metaverse, and they just took it. They literally just took it. Someone was like, oh man, you're gonna make so much money because Facebook's gonna buy that handle from you. And no, Facebook didn't even offer any money. They just took her Instagram handle because it's theirs. You don't own your YouTube followers, your Twitter followers. If you're a YouTuber, YouTube, you know, their model, they take like 50%, 30% of some of the revenue from some of these people. What if they just change the rules? Like, okay, we're doing 50% now, whether they did 90%. They can do that and you have no recourse. Right? So this is important. You want to own your own stuff. That's what Web 3 is. Web 1, read. Just consume. Web 2, consume and create. Read and write. Web 3, read, write, own. Our data is ours. We should be able to control what we do with it. We should be able to capitalize on the value. Facebook, Instagram, Google, they've all made billions and billions of dollars off of our data. And where is that value? It's in Zuckerberg's wallet. It's in... Jeff Bezos's wallet, it's not in the users. What Web3 does is it decentralizes the value. It pushes the value to the edges and gets rid of the middlemen, the intermediaries that just sit there and take rent. And a lot of times the rent, the most rent seeking industries are the ones gonna be most disrupted by blockchain. It's eating the internet. It already ate finance, it's eating art with NFTs, it's eating music, like, and music 
Speaking of, because we're at a music festival, that's one of the ones that has the most rent-seeking dinosaurs just globbering up all this value. I mean, the gaming industry has 200, over $200 billion of revenue a year. Music industry, only $38 billion. You know why? Because the industry hasn't allowed to be innovative because they have just a bunch of lawyers just blocking musicians from doing what they really want to do and taking all the money. How is music only a $38 billion industry a year? That's ridiculous. But gaming's been allowed to evolve. Well, what do you envision um, Internet 4 might be? Internet 4? You know what? I think we're, we're, we're kind of almost there. I think it's going to be the combination of Web 3, the Internet of Value, with decentralized social media. Because right now, we're using Web 2 technology to share information about Web 3, right? Like podcasts, like the Block Explorer that Cash and I started, your, your medium here. Like this is all like, you know, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok. These are all Web 2 technologies that we're using to spread Web 3 values. But it would be the next evolution is going to be when we can use these distributed technologies to communicate. So we don't have to have a centralized authority who controls what content will be shared. You know, your news feed, these algorithms, right? Why is there a coder in Palo Alto that gets to decide which information you get to see? Why is that person the most valuable? Like, this is a person just who wrote code. And this is what Cash and I talk all about too, is the cypherpunks code, code creates value. You, you, the code that like actively makes people depressed that Facebook wrote that the code that they know about that, that they know about <laughs> yeah they know it makes people depressed and they still put it out it's I mean it's gonna be like the cigarette companies like Philip Morris they knew cigarettes were bad for you but they still pushed them and like that's what Facebook and Meta and Zuck is doing well the history of advertisement is the history of making people unhappy so that they consume ever more the original product the original sin of the internet for these Web2 companies is yeah. they made their business model based on marketing and advertising. That's the horrible part. They monetize on advertising, and that's why we have this, the internet that we have now. And that was a mistake. And now we're going to fix it with Web3, or at least we're going to try in, unless the government you know, messes up. But the thing is, crypto is location agnostic, right, Cash? It'll go anywhere, and that's why we love what Andrew Yang's doing. He's doing some pretty cool forward-thinking. Uh, Andrew Yang. He was at so we were at we were at ETH Denver about a month ago for Ethereum conference, and Andrew Yang literally just stopped by. He just dropped into the conference. He wasn't even scheduled to be there, and he he got on stage and he literally said. It's fucking Andrew Yang, bitches. <laughs> Literally, I swear to God, is what he did. And he he gets crypto, and he's a cool dude. And he just they made, they changed the schedule to have him on there. And his big message was like, "Yo, Biden's gonna drop that executive order." This was like a month ago. So this is before it. He's like, "You got it like one to two weeks until Biden drops the executive order on digital assets and cryptocurrency regulation." And y'all need to get your shit together because you have about a year now where all these agencies, the SEC, the Commodities Exchange, the uh, Treasury Department, Janet Yellen, Gary Genzer, all these people, Jerome Powell, the Fed, they're all going to be researching crypto for the next year. And now, in about a year from now, the rules are going to get written. And when the rules get written, they're written. And we have about a year to kind of influence what the rules are. And, and you, know, it's not a, you know, it's not a bad thing. And this is what Andrew Yang's message was. It was like, okay, he actually said to the audience, like, raise your hand if you think if we just let DC just do its thing, they're going to get crypto regulation right. And no one raised their hand. And he's like, see, yes, if we just let them to their own devices, they're going to fuck it up. So y'all need to get involved. I know you're all, you know, political, have a lot of political apathy. You don't want to, like, deal with DC. But you know what? It's a game. And if you're not at the table, you're on the menu. I ran for president. I understand how this was. So this is Andrew Yang telling us what's up. So we got to get involved. We started Lobby 3 DAO, and that's a DAO. It's a decentralized autonomous organization. And he sold NFTs for people to be a member. They have a Discord. They're going to do events. He's, he gets it. He's one of the people who gets that crypto can be really cool. But you know what? It needs some structure. It needs some regulation. So the, the players, the big players, the big money, the, like the people who really want to push it forwards, they need some guardrails for them to feel comfortable. Or you ought to have a lot of these institutions that manage people's retirements and pensions they have rules they can't just like go in ape into some nft board ape on a whim right they need to have some of these guardrails in place before they can do that so you know regulation is coming and i'm I, this is important because i want the u.s i want us here we're leading the innovation of it it should happen here in the u.s right if we if the u.s 
comes down with some really stupid legislation that restricts the, the industry, then you know what? It's not going to go away. It's going to go somewhere else. Now, is there any form of regulation that you could see is good, or is all regulation inherently bad? No, we need regulation. Like the cash said, there's a lot of scams, and you know, protect, like yeah. yeah, we need to protect. Like I want my mom to feel comfortable buying crypto, right? And and like that's not there yet because like it's 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 unregulated in a lot of ways. So there needs to be smart regulation. But you think about this, okay? The best part of Andrew Yang's speech at East Denver is he had a little Q and A afterwards, and. This sweet girl got up and she asked the question. It's like, okay, Andrew Yang, I hear you. I hear your message. I hear what you're saying. We need to get involved. Okay, but where are the gaps in understanding? Like, is it in like education? Is it in like the functionality? Is it in the like how, why is crypto not making it? What what are the talking points we need to talk to to Congress to make people understand? And he literally just started cracking up on stage. Like, oh my god, because and then he was like, I'm so sorry. I'm not laughing at you. You know, to the girl. I'm just laughing because it's just like, it's not a gap, it's a chasm, first of all. It's a chasm of understanding. And he's like, you have to understand the median age of someone in the Senate is 65 years old. The median age of someone in the House of Representatives is uh, 56. And if you mention token to them, NFT, uh, cryptocurrency, <laughs> blockchain, they look at you like you have four heads. He's like, that's how much of a hill you have to climb so like, that's why y'all need to like, get like get play the game, you know. And you need to support. And a lot of people who are into crypto that have gotten early, they have money. That's the thing. It's like crypto people are very passionate, and a lot of them have a lot of money. And when you have money and you're passionate, you know what? You can make shit happen in D.C. And so he's just trying to inspire people to you know speak up for our values. This is we we do live in a democracy, and it's not just like in D.C. It's like your local your local politicians you can get involved at your local place or like tweet at your senators we have brad sherman he's 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 a, a representative in malibu uh, california district i think 35 and he's running he's been in congress for like what like i think like a hundred years <laughs> and no one likes him he's like one of those like curmudgeons and he hates crypto he hates bitcoin he hates nfts he hates web3 and you know who's running against him Erica Rose. She's amazing. She's a young African-American woman. She's an elementary school teacher who just got fed up with this guy. She's not a politician. She's going door to door. She's raised over $300,000 just going door to door. You know what? She's giving him a run for the money. He was like, oh, I'm a shoe and I don't have to try. And this girl is going to kick his fucking ass. And she's pro Bitcoin. She's pro crypto. So, like, she just saw an opportunity. She's like, no, like, I'm going to step up. And that's the thing. It's like, let's get these dinosaurs that are not, they're, they're just collecting rent and they're not looking at the future, right? And that's the thing. It's like, what kind of future do you want your kids and your, your you know, to grow up in? You, like, we need to think about the future and we have a tool. It's maybe not perfect. It kind of, it's rough around the edges, but you know what? We don't have much other, you know, innovations happening. Web3, crypto is one of the, most powerful innovations we've had in years and it can solve all these things that cash is talking about regenerative finance so to not give it a good shot would be like wow okay well that was an opportunity we just passed well not, and then what i love what andrew yang oh, said got a question here. yeah you got a question <laughs> um if you were to uh like your mom wanted to refinance her house and you were going to invest that in crypto what would you choose and like how would you do it can you repeat the question? Yeah, if mom wanted to invest in crypto, refi the house, go all in in crypto. Uh, well, we're buy one of Kaya's NFTs if yeah, she really wants to. Invest. Yeah, we got a really cool NFT artist right next to you. Uh, we're all in in ETH. We love Ethereum. Um, it, it has the smart contract type functionality. There's a lot of good ones out there, but the, the smart contract is not financial advice. Yeah, this is not financial <laughs> advice. Um, what I and what and that's a great segue. What I was gonna say, what I love Yang saying is like, just show us functionality. Show us people actually using this technology to their benefit. Yeah, make pe real people's lives better with Web three, and, and yeah. that's what we need to do as soon as possible. And it's starting to happen. I mean, we're making people's lives better here with Web three with the scavenger hunt. So that's what we're trying to do. We're making we're we're showing there's value in this technology. But just like in the early internet, it was like a toy, right? Everyone's like, what? I don't care about the internet. I'm not going to mess with email. And now it, you don't even think about using the internet. It's just part of, part of your life now. And that's what crypto is going to be. Right now, it's something you have to think about when you use. 
but there's going to be a time where you're just going to be, and you're not even going to know, right? You don't know which protocol you use when you use the internet. You just open your phone and do stuff, right? And like that's the same thing. Like in the future, you're not going to care whether it's on Solana or Ethereum or whatever blockchain it is. It's not going to matter. You're not even going to think about it. You're just going to open up your phone and do your app and do your thing. But what we want to make sure is that when you're doing your stuff, that infrastructure is also being reinvested in public goods and in the environment and ecology and social justice. Yeah, well, and like you said, not every blockchain is created equal. Like, there are decentralized blockchains. There's also the Zuck Facebook blockchain that you don't want to have all your data on. So, yeah. We want to own the infrastructure as a swarm. Yeah. Yes, he said own the infrastructure as a swarm, and that's it. This is, we're hive-minding. We're hive-minding as a community, right? Like, community is a big part of lucidity, and that's what's awesome about crypto, too. It's, it's opt-in. Anyone can join. It's permissionless. That means you don't need permission. Right, yeah, you couldn't have redlining in crypto. Like, like that, that, that human uh, bias that, that restricts entry can't have that in crypto. So anyone who wants to get involved can get involved, and it's your choice. No one's forcing you, and that's what's amazing too, is that you don't have to. You you, you can say, ah, oh, fuck it, I'm not gonna mess with crypto, and that's cool too, right? So here we go. We got a question. So decentralized. What about Monero? What about what? Monero. He said decentralization. What about Monero? Well, Monero is decentralized, right? Completely <laughs> and anonymous, and probably. I don't know regulation, but what you're talking about is Monero. Well, yes. Well, well, there's different kinds of, of, of crypto, like you said, right? So there's centralized things that are like crypto banks, like Coinbase. That's a that's a crypto exchange, but that's custodial, right? That's like just like J.P. Morgan Chase or right. Ameritrade, because they hold your assets for you. These decentralized finance, which where you're talking about Monero, it's DeFi where you custody, take custody of your own assets. Yeah, you're like your own bank. You, you can have Steve TV own, Bank. Your own bank, and you own your own stuff. Not your crypto, not your private keys, it's yours. And that's what's important is that you're like, no one, like what, think about this. If you take your bank credit card, right? Right now we linked it to our, our wristbands here, and you go to swipe your thing, you're asking Wells Fargo or JP Morgan Chase or Bank of America to, hey, can I spend my own money? Literally, you're asking permission to spend your own money. By the way, it's not your money, it's Bank of America's holding it for you and putting your name. I Bank of America says, I owe Cash Upton whatever amount he has in his bank account. And then when he goes and swipes his card, Cash Upton says, Bank of America, you know that IOU that you have under my name? Can I spend some of that and increase or decrease my IOU? And they say yes or no. That's kind of weird. Why can't you spend your own money without permission? That's ridiculous. Yeah, I was pretty stoked. I shut down my Bank of America account like a year ago. Cash is going bankless. <laughs> so, you know, that's the thing is if you want to take custody of your own financial freedom, you know, become really sovereign. And that's another like really part and value, I think, of this festival and a lot of like, you know, burners here is like be independent, be sovereign and be self-reliant. And if you're relying on some big corporation, you know, to they, they, you have to ask permission to do your own financial transactions. That's just another choke point where people can squeeze you. So MetaMask is a, is a wallet that you can use. MetaMask is an app you get on your iPhone right now. That'll get you a crypto wallet. You can download that. Anyone can download that. All you need is a smartphone. And this Phantom, which is a Solana wallet, you can also use that. Solana is what we're using here on the, at, at this event. But the thing is, is, like when you move your assets to your wallet, you have to make a 12-word seed phrase. That's your, that represents your private keys, AKA like your password to your wallet. And no one can take that away, and no one has that. If you forget it, you're kind of sh shit out of luck, actually, you know? And there's people who have like two over $200 million of Bitcoin, and they lost their seed phrase and stuck in their wall, and they can't get it out. So that is a big problem. On metal, it just... Yeah, you can use metal things, you can tap in. Seeds, I engrave them in metal. Yes, yeah, wallet security is important. If you're going to do this, engrave your seed... Engrave it in metal. That way, if there's a fire or something... Stick it in a wall or something. Yeah. So what, you, what, what these seed phrases use is they use this special kind of um, coding, essentially, where it's words that represent numbers. So there's like a certain amount of words that are in there. So you can you take these metal discs with a, with a punch card. You can buy them online. And you can punch in these four, four numbers that correspond to every word that could be in a seed phrase. And you punch them into these metal cards like he's talking about. And so that way, if there's a fire or a flood or something, and you you can't lose them because they're metal, and it's good to maybe make two, put one at like your mom's house and one at your place, Tell you know. Your yeah, 
Yeah. One or two people, maybe. Yeah, one or two. Or you could even separate them. You could have like half of them. You could have like two of them over at one person's house and two of them at yours. Something like that if you want to be really secure. But the important thing is to understand is that you're taking control of your own financial security and your own financial wealth and health. And you, that does take some responsibility, right? What, what did Spider-Man say? With great responsibility. With great power. Comes great responsibility. Yeah, boys. Yeah. Oh, we have a question over here at the left. Is this all outside of the IRS? Great question. Is this outside of the IRS? Depends who you ask. Yeah. Right, right now it's kind of being treated as like a selling of stock, like. If you buy crypto, you're cool, but if you sell it, you kind of got report gains. It's kind of what so we So the way it works, <laughs> No financial advice? Not financial advice, but um, it, so what the IRS can track is they can track the, 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 the bridges, right? The on-ramps and off-ramps, right? So if you want to go from the world of fiat to the world of decentralized finance, you have to go through a bridge. So it means like a crypto exchange, like a crypto bank. So like Coinbase, Kraken, these FTX, um, you know, you might have been, you know, heard about these, Binance, these are all, these are all bridges. You have to go in and out of the legacy financial system to the decentralized financial system. And the government is like, hmm, well, we like choke points because if we can just put our thumb right here, squeeze there, get all, suck all the information we need. So that's what the government regulates. And they do a thing called KYC, which stands for know your customer. So when you make an account on Coinbase, you have to like take your ID, take a picture with it, blah, blah, blah. And that's how the IRS can get you. So they can get you when you exit the legacy financial system. They don't really care that much. I mean, Bank of America and JP Morgan Chase and Wells Fargo don't like that because they're seeing, they've actually seen a significant amount of money leave their reserves and go to DeFi. But it's on the way home, right? So if you need to go from crypto, from DeFi back to your JP Morgan, Wells Fargo, your regular bank account, that when you go cross that bridge back into your bank account, the IRS can see that and they can report that as income, right? So that's like the choke point right now. This decentralized, what the key is if you can go to DeFi and you can stay in DeFi, you can you can do what you want. Right, it's it's just when you exit 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 back into legacy financial system that you're at, you're at the whim of whatever regulation system you're in, and that's why people like that's why a lot of crypto companies are based in Singapore or they're or in Puerto Rico because there's a lot of different uh, regulation laws or in Berlin, you know, a lot of crypto has moved out of the U.S. at least where they're headquartered because exactly what you said with the IRS and all this kind of stuff here in the U.S. So they go abroad and we Cash and I just don't want to see that happen because we want this innovation to happen in the U.S. because we want these jobs, this wealth, this opportunity, and this culture to happen in the U.S. The U.S. is always a leader in tech. Like Web2 happened in, happened in the U.S. Google is U.S. Meta is U.S. We say what you want about Zuck, but at least it's in the U.S. Twitter, Jack Dorsey, U.S. Like, so we want all this stuff to be in the U.S. We want to be leaders in this ecosystem. But if we get the regulation wrong, it's not going to go away. It's just going to go away from our shores and go to other countries. And so we want the innovation and the opportunity to be here because we're already in the lead. The U.S. is leading, so why would we want to give it up? Well put. How are we, how are we looking on time? It is uh, one o'clock, one o four. So, so you, oh, we got another question. Another sir. question. We'll just have a couple well, more questions. To, uh, centralized networks. How do you guys feel about XRP? Talk about centralized versus decentralized and XRP. That's the ripple, right, Colin? What does XRP, XRP stand for? It's just an acronym. No, no, what, 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 it's, a, it's a crypto it's a crypto token it's a crypto network it's a blockchain network that allows for payments across the world um they ran into some trouble with the sec they had a lawsuit and it looks like it's being resolved but um it's kind of you know to be honest i think it's kind of a dead blockchain there's not a lot of development on it and if you want to like the alpha when you look at blockchains is you got to look where the developers go my brother's a developer on solana because if there's no one building on it then there's nothing happening on it, right? There's no apps, right? Can you imagine going to the app store and having like three apps? Would you want to like use an use Apple? Are you going to Netflix and there's three movies? No, that's boring, right? So people use blockchains that people are developing stuff on because there's stuff to do, right? If you go on Solana, you can do decentralized finance, you can buy NFTs, you can do yield farming, which is a way of aggregating yields. So there's stuff you can do. If you go on XRP, there's very little you can do except send payments, but you can send payments on any blockchain. So. They don't have like a unique thing and the innovation is moving so quickly in this space, it's very easy to get left behind if there's no software developers building on your chain. So 
the, the real message here is follow the developers because the developers if they, if they don't like your ecosystem if they don't the developers are very smart right the software engineers these people that are building these blockchains if they look at your technology and they don't see opportunities for them to build and make a living they're not going to invest their time and their energy coding on your chain because why would you build something on a place that's not going to evolve yeah, and then the, just what you mentioned about like choke points and centralized versus decentralized blockchains. If, if it's more decentralized, it means there's just more uh, more thousands of people or whatever validating the the nodes and the transactions. So that's what we're always trying to be a proponent of, so that there's there's fail safes and there's not just one person like Zuck on the Facebook Metaverse blockchain that can turn it on or off. The people control it when it's decentralized. It's all about taking away like that one person that can be corrupted, right? Removing that corruptibility. Trustless. Right? Yeah. yeah. Or trusting code. But, you know, right? Not have this one centralized decision maker who can say yes or no. We're going to ban you from our platform. We're going to take this much money from your content, like like YouTube or Facebook, right? Now, it's, it's, it, could be, it could be voted on by the community, right? And these, these are DAOs, Decentralized Autonomous Organizations. So... You could have say, okay, we, we want to do this decision. Every Imagine on Facebook, if we wanted to ban someone, everyone on Facebook had an opportunity to weigh in and vote. And then that's how you would choose to remove someone's content or not, rather than just like having one person at the top or some algorithm just arbitrarily decide. Any other questions out there? Pete, I think you have a question. Doge. <laughs> he asked about Dogecoin. So... Pete, uh, I think you made a really good point because Dogecoin is a meme, right? It's a meme coin. Memetic. People hate on it because Dogecoin is literally, they took the same code as Bitcoin and they copy and pasted it and they put a cute dog and they made it Dogecoin. It's the cute dog. But it's dog. literally the same exact code infrastructure as Bitcoin. And this is all about open source software, right? That's another part of this equation is that all of this is like open source, creative commons, license, like anyone can take it, edit it, build from it. So someone made a funny thing with Dogecoin, um, but the thing is, people are like, why is it going up? Why does it have value? It has value because we all believe it has value. That's meme. That's a meme, right? And money is a meme. Money is probably one of the most important memes we have. But as Homo sapiens, that what's that's what separates us from animals is that we can coordinate. We have we can create imagined realities that we all agree upon, right? Lucidity is an imagined reality that we all agree upon, and it brings us here. We expend real world assets, hard money, time and labor to for this imagined reality that brings us here. And that's what makes humans amazing and cool, right? Like look how cool we are. We make this. Humans are freaking rad. You're inside of a television right now, dude. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. This is the Steve TV show, by the way. Woo! The mighty Zenith. Steve TV. Yeah, thank you very much. Well, was, uh, well, should we wrap it up there? Is yeah, well, I got to ask. Are you, are you, you told me last night when we were hanging out you're a skeptic. Are you a little bit less now? I'm a little tired. Uh, I have to, uh, you, know, you know, I sometimes uh, digest information better when I read it. Well, let's have a follow-up next year. Okay. We'll, we'll check back in next year. Well, or, or sooner. Well, yeah, yeah, sooner too. Yeah, Steve TV can be, uh, we can do this anywhere, huh? I mean... Well, I, I have this dream of setting this up in my 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 uh, my works my, my work studio and. Uh, well, yeah, no, and let's get you some NF Steves. And NF Steves. Let's get Steve TV Dow. Let's make the Steve TV Dow. Steve TV Dow. Let's get you that Web three Dow. Yeah, let's get you that DeFi baby. That that would make me more of a believer. Let's do it. I'm a natural. Practical applications. Let's actually have it work for you. I'm I'm more of a big city skeptic sometimes. Let's do it. I don't know. But I like, I, I like everything you guys are saying, definitely. Oh. Yeah, we, we well, so Steve, fun. we really appreciate you having us on. And, uh -huh. you know, what you're building here is amazing, you know, creating this platform. And this is what it's all about is sharing these ideas. And that's what, you know, Cash and I are all about is education, right? We just want to educate people. There's a lot of bad information, a lot of people shilling stupid stuff when it comes to crypto, Web3, blockchain, all that. And we just want to, like, be, like, a clear-eyed source of, like, honest dis discourse right we're not yeah. we're not pushing any agenda we just want to give people like real honest discourse and discuss these topics without like a, an ulterior motive of like trying to like sell you some crap and that's what you created here and we really appreciate you thank you so much yeah. well, thank Amen. you thank you yeah steve thanks for having us on definitely come check us out at the relic Curry lounge and uh the block explorer is really happy to be on the podcast steve yeah, thank you what time is it what time is the hunt 
The hunt is ongoing the, the hunt's entire on. festival. You can join anytime. It's permissionless well, and decentralized. And it, must, it must end soon, right? I mean... Oh, it, it, like it, midnight it, tonight, you it, know. It, now it ends, I think, like, once once we start removing the... Uh, yeah. the once you start breaking down. Come into the lounge, though. You can All you the can way until tomorrow, tomorrow morning? You're going to break down tomorrow morning? Or yes, tonight? sir. It'll be yeah. open tonight. It'll be open oh, tonight. All through the night. Yeah. Okay, well, there you go. All through the night. People start to leave. Is there going to be like an announcement of, of like a winner or something? Or? Oh, well, people have been coming by all weekend. Uh, when you when you do this hunt and you interact your phone with the the kiosk, it will tell you what you win and, and you have it. it oh, and it's nice. permissionless. You have that digital representation of this uh, ticket for next year. It's an NFT. The NFT represents next year's ticket, so you mm. can't lose it. It's on the blockchain. Even the Chinese government can't, can't shut down the server. <laughs> Body Chow, go check him out. He's awesome. Chinese protest artist, B A D I U C O. Steve, any time we'll put you on the show. We loved it, Steve. We loved it. We loved it. Yes, Steve. Mr. Collins. Oh, Mr. Collins. Thank you. Thank you, all of our wonderful listeners. Thank you for the interaction. Happy Sunday, Lucidy. Let's go. I'm gonna wrap it up here for today. We hope that you enjoyed this episode of Crypto Sunday Gospel. And if you did, please share it and leave us a review. We'd like to give a big thank you to our friend Matthew Patrick Donner, who's responsible for the Block Explorer production, including our music, mixing, and editing. Thank you for exploring the world of blockchain with us. Crypto is changing the world. We're here to make sure that you're ready. Please subscribe to our podcast and share it with your family and friends. Cheers. Cheers.